You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Gil Scott Heron, Brian Jackson, Winter in America. In the room, I have Rob. Yes, sir. Ben. Hello. Solange. I got 500 shades of blues from listening to this album. <laughs> and John. Indeed. Winter in America is a studio album by American vocalist Gil Scott Heron and keyboardist Brian Jackson, released on May 1974 by Strata East Records. And the producer was Gil Scott Heron and Brian Jackson. The genre is soul, jazz, blues, jazz, funk, fusion. And I'm going to read from the book Arnard Eggard Thordenson. Gil Scott Heron's innovative, thought-provoking mix of poetry and music were to have a great impact on later-day African-American music. Often called the godfather of rap, Scott Heron spoke openly about the injustices laid upon Americans' black community, best sampled on the anthem, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. It was on Winter in America that Scott Heron's name crept into public consciousness. This was largely due to his cohort, talented keyboardist Brian Jackson, who aided Scott Heron in transforming himself from an aggressive streetwise poet to a musical messenger. Winter in America combines razor-sharp criticism with affecting soulful tunes. Scott Heron is both tough and tender, but determined in getting his views across. Righteous anger, intelligence, and beautifully crafted wordplay. Little wonder that Gil Scott Heron's lyrics were later, would later have a profound effect on social conscious rappers such as Public Enemy and disposable heroes of hip hop All right. What do we think of Winter in America by I Gil love Scott Heron? This album. I'm sorry. Brian Jackson. I got really excited. I really love this album uh, because listening to it let me do the thing that I did all through fucking undergrad, which was. Cry. Cry. (laughs) I did a lot of that in grad school. No. uh, Disseminating media, because, like, I have a foreign language degree, but I took a shitload of liberal arts classes, and all I did was disseminate media. So getting to, like, listen to this and think about the lyrics and think about, like, what the lyrics meant to me. I haven't done that in a really long time for, like, what I would call a semi-academic setting. So just, like, you know, songs like Peace Go With You, Brother, Your Daddy Loves You, H2O Gate Blues, uh, Song for Bobby Smith, The bottle, The Bottle, like... I, like, kind of wrote multiple thesis statements on, like, all of these songs while listening to it. But Brian Jackson plays Hot Fire. Gil Scott Heron portrays a message that, you know, at the time was really important for, you know, definitely for for Black America. But I also think for white America as well. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole 
lyric that he says over and over with H2O Gate Blues, just how blind can America be is so resonant today. Oh, just, the entire record seems oh, to yeah. be as poignant today yeah. as it was back then, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you said you kind of went into like an academic like mode when it came on. Did it, did any like... S- kind of sink in that you're just like kind of grooving to though oh that yeah you're like, okay okay oh yeah peace go with you brother um back home kind of like that's what hit me because his earlier stuff is a lot of it's like it's almost like uh what people would call now like slam poetry or mm-hmm. like beat beat poetry or something like that and this one kind of hits that sweet spot between here's jazz and here's lyrics and he sings and he does this it's not just the let me tell you everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, a good combination. It's I deeply enjoyed this record, and yeah, I really grooved out to it. Like it was it was really cool to listen to. I really liked it. Like I there was a lo- most of the songs. It was like I would listen to, uh, like the bottle song for Bobby Smith. Your daddy loves you. Um, you know, rivers of my father. A very precious time. Like these were like really Africa. cool. Huh? <laughs> That's off rivers off my father. Yeah, rivers okay. of my father. Um, yeah, just okay. all of these are like they are such cool like jazz R and B songs. And I would be I was like at work doing my clinical listen of this, uh, where I like listen really deeply to the album. And I like was having a hard time working, not because like Aunt Tangerine Dream. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was having a hard time because. The music was so powerful to me. It was so resonant. Like it's, it's, it's a lot heavy. like it's very it's heavy. Really it's heavy. It's a lot like how I felt about yeah. uh, Heaven is Ten Zillion Light Years yeah. Away, where it like really hit me. Where I'm gonna be thinking about this album for like a really, really long time. Yeah, the bottle like oh is God. so uh, striking. It's just danceable. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh my God. I know. Right. I was like, I sent you guys the gif of the girl crying while dancing. And I'm like, that's me. Yeah. The bottle. The bottle. I think was like a, a bit of a local hit to play on the dance floor, which is such a weird thing to say. Yeah. And I but think, it is definitely the like the most danceable song on the album. Towards the end, like he's just he kind of throw he's thrown in like non sequiturs about himself and involving it, and then also not be I, and he does that on a few other songs. It's just wordplay, and he's kind of riffing I think like at that particular point in time but I like it and I take it much more literal with the bottle where he's like you see me and I'm having a I'm having a problem it's because of the bottle like I think it's really poignant and I think it's so um vulnerable for him to say like it's it's affecting like this woman it's affecting this man this little boy can't have food and you know what it's affecting me too and we're trying not to lose our heads Uh (laughs) yeah it's like a jungle but this is also another interesting thing about this album and I can't count on one hand how many albums I've heard that portray DC Maryland area. Like there aren't really yeah. many mm-hmm. that talk about DC Maryland and like, especially mm. what DC Maryland was like in the early seventies, which is like not a great place. No. <laughs> so Fun story. Still not a great place depending <laughs> on where you're hanging out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, have you ever seen Homicide Life on the Street? Have you ever I seen The read Wire? The, the Wire. Yeah. <laughs> you read the book? Yeah. Hey, if you want to borrow the TV show, I own it all on DVD. If you want to borrow the book, I, we can we just... Will we, we, can <laughs> we will trade. We will trade. We will trade because I do want to read the book really badly. I like uh, Gil Scott Heron's comment. on when, like, It was like some interview uh, the talking about how like the bottle is like... like you, you can shake your butt to it and get the party going. <laughs> he just said... Pop music doesn't necessarily have to be shit. (laughs) (laughs) So can we talk about, for real, H2O Gate Blues, where it's just like, 
how he's like the government you elected is inoperative and uh, how he's throwing out like Ronald Reagan. And and this is like way before Ronald Reagan became president. He was governor at that point in time. He's talking about Strom Thurmond. He's talking about it. Yeah, he was the governor of California. And this was like before he, well, not really him, but Milton Friedman enacted uh, trickle down economics. And it's still like, it's stuff that like white America wouldn't be hit by until Ronald Reagan. It's so weird too to listen to this stuff. And, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's, we still see it, but also to like know what happens after yeah. this is. But I think so it's so crazy. interesting yeah. and prescient how, how he, how this is something that like, that a lot of mainstream middle class, you know, Americans who at the time would have been like decently prosperous didn't really see, but for Gil Scott Heron was and, and his community was a reality. And it was and it was something that was so deeply entrenched. I mean, that's what this whole album is about, is you know, looking critically at and it even it's not even to just say like, you know, we're suffering. He he I mean, that's what all of what peace go with you, brother, like the first the first song is about is is, you know, yes, like we're suffering, but some of these things, you know, we are so selfish. We had inaction. Like, you know, I mean, I think the line where he says, you are my son, but I wish you were none. And all I can say is peace be with you. And it's like, I think it's so interesting how he looks at all facets of society for his community critically. I agree because a lot of times I was finding it's he's a poet. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a well thought out argument of not just being like, this is the you're the problem. This this particular thing is the problem. It's like, well, let's look over all Mm -hmm. of it and sort of see these different elements of like what's go what is actually happening what's going on within this yeah, yeah. there's a riot. Marvin Gaze. yeah, yeah. there's on. a riot going on yeah. well it's it's just a good way and it's and if it if you're someone who doesn't know a lot about the history of systemic oppression you know h2o gate blues is a great way to kind of familiarize yourself and educate yourself about because it's not accurate to say like where these problems came from but like just a at the time, contemporary view of what systemic oppression looked like post civil rights era. Yeah, this is a real, real album. Yes. Very, like, so real. Super real. <laughs> Very real. Also uh, suffered from the vinyl shortage. Yeah, everything did. Yeah. Did, did Strata East have that much distribution at that point? This was, I think, one of their first albums. Wasn't Strata East they, like they had a they had a, a real unique model. Uh, it was run by, it was started and run by, I think, two musicians, I think jazz musicians. Yeah, Stanley Cowell and uh, Charles Tulliver. Yeah, they, they were they were real hands-off in the label. They, they called it like condominium, uh, uh, the, the structure, they called it condominium. But uh, yeah, people, the groups were, groups and performers were coming to Strata East because they could just do whatever they wanted. Strata East kind of just put faith in the artists they would sign. 
and just let them do their thing. And uh, a lot of like niche stuff came out of it, but a lot of really interesting stuff. Right, came let out the of artists it. keep their masters and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, things you wouldn't normally see from a label. I mean, and even as real as this album is, there's a lot of just like pure beauty in it, and mm-hmm. it's. Where previously you'd hear Gil Scott do a lot of that, you know, kind of spoken word beat. There's a lot of time for sort of silence, like vocal silence. Like he's not necessarily talking over every track for a while. He'll he'll sing when he's ready. But the the jazz, almost jazz funk piano, you know, really carries the moment. And, and normally when you're listening to a song, at least for me, and it's and it's jazz, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll zone out. But the piano music, the the work is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too. It's not just like jazzy, jazz, jazz, yeah. <laughs> that it really kind of puts you into the mode. Yeah. Whereas instead of taking you out of it by being that much silence, it really makes you pay more attention when the singing comes in. It's very evocative for me. Just just like Brian Jackson's playing is very evocative of, to me of those slower uh, like Walter Wanderley pieces because uh, he was a key, he was an organist, not a keyboardist, but just very like loungy. Well, what? Okay, like how much about music do I know? Right? I mean, I know what a hurdy gurdy sounds like. Give me a break. Plenty. Oh, I'm She's sorry. You. I'm Jewish. I can't give myself credit for anything. Um, so, I think Bri- I mean Brian Jackson. It's like it's very much like evocative of that like lounge sort of thing, but without being so like douchey. It's very it's very chill, but that doesn't mean that there isn't talent there because I think he's a really great player oh he's yeah it's he's inc- incredible he he like captures you uh because i even wrote that winter in america like his keyboard playing does evoke feelings for me of like of like winter time and like kind of how life like slows down a little bit in the in the winter if you ever notice that yeah Ho- hopefully it slows down a little bit for you i don't know this is yeah, yeah it definitely it's... lets you sort of slide into the the things that you'll hear later as neo soul mm-hmm. like yeah. absolutely you know cody chestnut and things like that are you know, sort of a little bit planted seeds here. I guess one of the reasons uh, Gil Scott Heron left his label that he was releasing stuff on was they would not agree to give Brian Jackson equal billing on the cover. Oh, wow. Which I think that's, that's, that's fucking great. I, I, I know that like, Gil Scott's got the name recognition at this point, but this is such, like this whole album, it's like, it's a duet. It's a real Loggins and Messiah. It's a real, it's situation. a real Seals and Croft over here. <laughs> it well, really they actually is. end up. I think it's Gil Scott and and Brian Jackson actually produced this under their pseudonymous yeah. production label. What's the? I, I forget what the name of the production is. It's like Plenty Full or something. It has a. It it it's it's written as right. it sounds. Yeah. Like. But yeah, that's that's strange because it feels like such a duo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's right there. It does. Yeah. It doesn't feel like one would outweigh the the other. Right. Um, but but Gil Scott Heron's got the name recognition because he's a poet. Because you because people like like I said before, I studied but, him in undergrad. Brian, Brian Jackson is a jazz but, musician. I mean, and this is firmly going to be represented in the jazz charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, I say I would say maybe it depends on, like, from what angle you're coming at. Yeah. Because for me, purely from, like, ac- an academic angle where I've done a lot of that's, media dissemination, to me it's Gil Scott Heron. That's the other thing, though, is I can't imagine someone, like, looking at an album and, like, seeing someone's name next to another person's name and be like, oh, Gil Scott. Oh, I was oh, going to get it. Yeah, I was going to get it. It's but Gil now, Scott. Yeah. Oh. oh, there's someone else oh. playing yeah. music on this album? <laughs> no, no, no. And, you know, if, 
if if two people come to a record label with an album that they made together and mm-hmm. they're like, this is a collaboration that we made, and the album and the label's like, nah, Gil Scott Heron made this, and that's the only name that's gonna mm-hmm. go on it. Well, like, it, <coughs> fuck them. We yeah. only have yeah. this much money for the the thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was His that was there was letter. that vinyl shortage, so they only had <laughs> the Gil Scott Heron version out. Uh, it did sell uh, three hundred thousand copies Good. in the U.S. and it was number six on the Billboard Top Jazz wow. Album. Wow! Nice. So my dad probably listened to this. I bet. I bet if I come at this, my dad will know who Brian Jackson yeah, how, is, and my mom will know who Gil Scott Heron is. How old are you? Could this be? Huh? <laughs> uh oh! This baby making music. How old am I? Why? For what purpose with this album? I mean, maybe they put the album on again. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Like, not, when it just, not when it first came. Come out. together over this record. My... Are you the result? Oh, what? ew! You know, no, this, no, no, no. This record just makes me want to make babies. <laughs> It really was, doesn't. It I doesn't. Know, it no. is not baby making. I'm sorry. Uh, your daddy loves you. I, I literally wrote next to that. I hate this because <laughs> it's like I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, talk about his baby. Talk, what, what? I was like, when's the other? Sh-? I, I listened to it on this album. And I'm like, when's the other shoe gonna drop? And then I was like, oh, there it is. They're divorcing. <laughs> Opening stanza. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wait long. As soon as he said your mom and I, I was like, oh, oh no. no. Been a whole lot said about your city living. They told us that the streets were paved with gold. And some of us believed them and left our homes and came and looking. But that was just another story they told. I got to get back and see my people someday in some way. My old uncle Henry don't believe. Uh, yeah. Oh man. I thought it was cool uh, in the studio on H2O Gate Blues. Uh, it was a, a track that he would open shows with. He would do it live a lot, and they he he didn't know if he wanted it on the album or not. But they they set up and they recorded a take of it, and he was using index cards just to make sure like he could get queued up for the next thing. And he did one take with the band like that, and then they did a playback and they had a live live mic in the studio and that that like the room noise uh, and like the the, the the chatter and stuff is them listening to what they had just done kind of reacting to it oh i love that that's awesome i was it's really, really curious cool. how they did that because i love i loved the chatter in that yeah. i thought it, i thought it really enhanced it that li- song. it feels like it, a live it did felt, yeah. felt live but i thought I, I knew it had to have been in the studio but i thought it really enhanced it i thought i liked that they kind of like riffed off of him as well riffed off themselves i liked that i thought it was a uh, what's going on scenario where the we just uh, invite uh, some football players yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Trent lions come over and, what's happening <laughs> Do you yeah. know what Christgau gave this album? Yeah, oh, what did Christgau think of this? C minus? Ooh, close. Oh, no. Oh. C plus. Oh, no. Yeah, because it's not danceable. <laughs> oh, excuse you. He didn't did he say did... that, but that was the general sentiment. Like, really? Did he, did he have any, like, post-mortem on this? I didn't this? see any post-mortem on it from him. Oh, like, man. Because I... usually he'll go back and maybe yeah. he'll fix it up, but... You mean retrospective? I'm yeah. sorry, it was a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well... 
I've been drinking. <laughs> no, I think I think postmortem is a perfectly fine. Yeah, use well, phrase, Gil's got hair dyed last dead. week, so I guess I should be talking about how Winter in America is actually a really great movie. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like we haven't got a, an album like this before. I, this is this is like the first. I feel like just straight. Uh, we we got a little bit with maybe what's going on and some sly stuff, but this feels real real like a poet like discussing modern events even leonard cohen's talking about you know like sort of personal poetry this is more of a social consciousness what about stevie wonder yeah you might yeah i was gonna say inner vision in the city yeah yeah um uh fulfilling this is first damn it (laughs) f squared f cubed uh f cubed like you know the song i keep coming back to heaven is a zillion light years away you know i mean but i I understand what's going on it's a stripped down version uh, i think that 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 kind of uh, this is this is sparse that's what makes it i guess feel a bit different it's in the jazz sphere Mm -hmm. and so it feels a little so bit it doesn't more have any synthesizers well it's okay, got I, more I, no, conne- we get you we get you solange we get them to that sort of like jazz stuff. yeah no sense how was the bottle of dance hit i don't know this is not you can go anything with this. because no. you can shake your butt to it you really can. gets a bottle of wine <laughs> <laughs> this this song is funky i love this song Got the jazz flute. Got the, it's oh got, man, it's got, got the, the bass. bass. Yeah, it really do. It's it's got almost like the kind of like Caribbean like, samba. Like it's like it's it's, it's almost hates that it's, when it's you almost shake disco, the shaker at him. man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like this is almost the hustle. Yeah, but it's, it's oh, it is. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it, it's really? just, I'll never hear it. The, the chorus. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? Uh, would recommend. Probably not going to go back and revisit it much myself, but okay. uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's worth the uh, the price of admission. Mm. Cool. Similarly, absolutely would recommend. I'm so glad I've heard it. I probably won't visit it too often, but uh, I'm I'm a better person for for having known that it's out there in the world and and having appreciated it now. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds like two positives and. Hard positive. Okay. It's not on Spotify, unfortunately, or else I would listen to this quite a bit. Um, probably gonna buy a CD of it because I fucking can't do YouTube. I'm just can't. <laughs> That's annoying. Can't do it. Just pay that membership. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I have. I already have enough dumb millennial subscriptions. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolute positive. It is one of the albums you need to listen to. Yeah. Um, you know, like the rest, it's it's not necessarily an album that you put on and, and like jam out to or like relax to. It's one that you sit and listen to deeply and I don't do that that often. It's so. art. It's art, yeah. It's fucking, it's hard art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for the bottle. With a, then with you a, get up and capital, capital A. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about this album in context of jazz music and saying when, when someone says, ah, I'm not a big jazz fan, but this might be a, a good gateway into jazz music, especially like the, a couple of the. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I just mean, uh oh, you're here. And gateway then you're like, into... already I'm at Charlie Parker and yeah. now I'm at John Coltrane and now I'm like. <laughs> like Rippers of My Father is like a real jazzy jazz, jazz, jazz song. <laughs> you like jazz. <laughs> so I could I could see like recommending that to someone because it does have lyrics, but it's not like uh, Billy Holiday. You know, it's not the early jazz. It has a, a bit more of that that uh, I don't know intricate the, jazz. Yeah, it has some Fun. of the more soul funk yeah. kind of sensibilities, even though it's not necessarily laying over it with drums or bass. Yeah.
All right, next time we'll be talking about Queen, Sheer Heart Attack. All right, thanks, y'all. They look like they're having a good time. That particular shade, like redneck or got the blues. That's where you apply colors to something else, you know, to come up with what it is you're trying to say. So there are six cardinal colors, yellow, red, orange, green, blue, and purple. And there are 3,000 shades. And if you take these 3,000 shades and divide them by six, you'll come up with 500. Meaning there are at least 500 shades of the blues. <laughs> For example, there's the I ain't got me no money blues. There is the I ain't got me no woman blues. There's the I ain't got me no money and I ain't got me no woman, which is the double blues. And for years it was thought that, that black people was the only one who could get the blues, so, so the blues hadn't come into no international type of fame. But lately we done had Frank Rizzo with the lie detector blues. We done had the United States government talking about the energy crisis blues. And we're going to dedicate this next poem here to, to Spearhead X. The X second in command in terms of this country. And the poem is called H2O G-A-T-E Blues. And if H2O is still water and G-A-T-E is still gate, what we're getting ready to deal on is the Watergate Blues. Let me see if I can dial this number right quick. Click. Click. I'm sorry. The government you have elected is inoperative. Click. Inoperative. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and still could not. Let me do that part again. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and claimed that we could not. Just how blind, America? Just as Vietnam exploded in the rice, snap, crackle, and pop could not stop people determined to be free. Just how blind will America be? <laughs>